Oregon football flips a recruit from right in their own backyard. Justice Lowe was going to be a Utah Ute, but instead he's coming to Eugene. What to make of that recruitment for Dan Lanning and company? Plus, how should we feel about Travis Dye if he does end up leaving the University of Oregon? Might not be what you think. We'll get to all of it. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thanks for making this your first listen every day. Remember to like and subscribe. Leave a five-star review wherever you are listening to this show it's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every single weekday. So, some good recruiting news has come into the pipeline because, once again, coming into this recruiting offseason with a coaching change, I have had pretty low and, I think, reasonable expectations for the Ducks in the class of 2022. But they keep getting these guys who are going to make, I think, a little bit of noise by the time they get down to Eugene and rolled in classes and start playing on the field for the Ducks. But it's really encouraging for the long-term prospects of this football program under this coaching staff that they are able to get these guys before they've even coached a game. It's really a great thing to to see, and I'll, uh, I'll close the show with a great note about our, uh, about our head coach and our staff and uh, the extra efforts they're making out on the recruiting trail. But Justice Lowe is the guy making news right now for the Oregon Ducks, and he is uh, a three or a four-star, depending on where you look. I think 24-7 had him as a three-star. Rivals might have had him as a four. I've seen both, but anyway, capable guy, 6'1", 182 pounds. He runs a 4-4-7, 40-yard dash, and just for reference, Mariota ran about a 4-5, if I remember correctly. So that's the sort of straight-line speed that he has, and I want to tell you about what I've seen from this guy in the highlights that, that I have watched. First and foremost, that 4-4-7-40 time, that's selling him a little bit short, I, I would think, right? I'm not doubting that he, he ran that time when they were clocking his 40-yard dash, but when you watch him absolutely blow by defensive backs on his high school highlight reel, he is running in an effortless but powerful way, and he has got really, really tremendous speed. It, it, is, it is a joy to watch, frankly, as someone who has never been fast literally a single day in my entire life. I always, I always appreciate watching guys like that because I just ask myself, I wonder what that's like. I don't know what it's like, but Justice Lowe does know what it is like to, to be that fast. And by the way, his name has an I for the U at the end of his name, but I have been told by people who have covered him that it is just Justice Lowe, not not Justius. It, it is Justice Lowe. But he is coming out of Lake Oswego High School. Shout out to Lake O. That's my hometown. He did play at Lincoln before he came to LO, but his senior season, he put on quite the show for the Lakers and, and head coach Steve Corey. And he played on both sides of the ball, but he, he's listed as an athlete he really projects as a wide receiver. That's what he he is best at. I'm sure he's more than capable of playing defensive back, but where all his highlights are, 
are at the wide receiver position, so that's what we can expect him to play. And this is good news, good news for Oregon fans because wide receiver is probably the most shaky room on, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, like a running back room, wide receiver room, quarterback room. It, it, it's sort of the most shaky in terms of we really don't know what these guys are capable of. Now, we saw flashes of what they can do in the Alamo Bowl, but can they maintain maintain that level over the course of an entire season? Other than Chris Hudson, most of these guys are unproven in that sense, though there are some really talented guys. Dante Thornton, uh, Isaiah Crocker, Troy Franklin, I think they've got some really good potential. But you never know with injuries, and you, you always want to have depth everywhere you can look, and I think Justice Lowe is definitely going to provide that. And this is a big get for Oregon in the realm of Pac-12 recruiting because Justice Lowe was being recruited by literally half of the Pac-12. I mean, he had offers and was being actively recruited by ASU, Arizona, Colorado, the Beavs. He had committed to Utah, but he ultimately ends up coming just down the road from where he went to high school in the Portland area and Lake Oswego down to Eugene to play for Dan Lanning and the Ducks. And I think that's a really great thing for for Dan Lanning and this staff to be getting, you know, the the high level in-state guys, not just because you take them away from other schools, but also it, it's just a better look as a program if you want to be competing at a high level in college football to get the top guys from your home state because when you don't get those sorts of guys, then you sort of have the narrative of wow, they can't even get the best guys in their own state, right? Like that's been a problem that, that fans have had a gripe with, legitimately, by the way, with USC for the last several years. They can't get the top players in their own state. Other schools, when Pete Carroll had, had the dynasty at USC, other schools didn't even try and recruit in Southern California because everyone knew that the top guys were going to USC. And then all of a sudden, USC gets down, Mario Cristobal comes along, Nick Saban comes along, gets Bryce Young from modern day, uh, DJ Uyunglele, I, I'm pretty sure he's from California as well. Clemson snagged some guys from that area, but you know the, the Kayvon Thibodeaux and Justin Flows of the world coming out of that state never used to leave California. They were always going to USC, and so it, it's a sign of a strong program and a strong recruiting base when you're able to get the guys from within your home state, especially in a state like Oregon that because its population is not very big and just, you know, the history of high school football there in general. There aren't that many elite recruits that come out of the state of Oregon on, on a yearly basis. There, there just aren't, you know, Washington's the same sort of thing. Doesn't mean there aren't good players, but, you know, Justin Herbert came from Oregon, for example. And by the way, he was a three-star recruit, Justice Lowe, a three-star recruit, Mariota, three-star recruit, just throwing it out there. Sometimes three-star guys play like five stars and five stars play like three stars. You just... You, you never truly know until you get to see them on the field. But uh, Trajan Williams is a safety out of Jefferson who I don't think he's fully committed yet. I think he's a verbal commit to Oregon right now. And, and that's another guy who, you know, coming out of the state, if you're going to be a high-level program, you want to be able to get the guys that are literally, literally right in your backyard. We'll get to more on Justice Lowe after I tell you about Built Bar because it's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And, and you want to eat healthy, right? Everybody does, but it just gets so 
boring. And by week three, you're just thinking, this is not worth it. Where's the chocolate? But Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. That's a lot. Candy Bars, on the other hand, have 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, like me, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, so Justice Lowe flips from, from Utah, who we had signed with in the, uh, the early signing window, and, and Oregon has, uh, has turned him around. And he has got really, really good speed. And like I've been saying, I, I'm glad that Oregon is able to get these guys who are in the state of Oregon because it's a sign of a strong program when you're able to do that, right? Uh, a couple guys who have come out of Lake Oswego High School recently are uh, Dawson Jaramillo, who's been an offensive lineman who has played a lot of snaps, not starting, but he gets in there pretty often over the last couple of seasons. Uh, his brother Bailey Jaramillo as well. Like th these are the sorts of guys you want to, you know, be able to check off and say, okay, yeah, yeah, we got him. Now who else are we going to be able to to bring in and Justice Lowe, oh man, like I was saying earlier, his speed is explosive. When you watch his tape, he is just running by guys. He he has got the straight line speed, but the other thing that he's got is the quickness and the explosiveness coming out of his cuts that make him a good route runner. And that's a really underrated part of being a wide receiver that, that people don't think about. They think, oh, you want to be big, and he does have good size, 6'1", 180 pounds, runs a 4'4", 7", but you got to be big, you got to have great hands, and you got to be physical. You also have to be a great route runner. Or you're not going to create any separation. Now, a lot of the balls that he caught in his senior season at Lake Oswego were just deep balls where he just ran by the DBs because he's faster than them. He won't be able to do that at the college level, but what he will be able to do, assuming he's able to continue to hone these skills, and I think he's got really, really high-level potential to do so, is get out of his breaks hard fast turn around and catch the ball and, and that's what he he's got to be able to you know prove that he's able to do against college level defensive backs but i think that you know what i've seen from him on film he is a really really capable guy in in that department and i i look forward to watching him and it, it just adds another body to the receiver room and maybe he comes in as a true freshman and maybe he's got more more potential than his recruiting profile would, would perhaps indicate. Maybe he does pop, but another body for the Oregon receiver room, I think that is a good thing because you can't have too many talented guys back there because you just don't know with, with injuries and the transfer portal what is going to happen. So Justice Lowe, great, great flip for, for Oregon to not only take him away from Utah, but get him on the roster. Another thing I wanted to talk about today, I had some more thoughts on, on Travis Dye. And... I'll get into where he, he might go, or where, where I think he might go, but I, I wanted to start by, by saying this. It's not a done deal that he is going to leave, but let's say he does. If Travis Dye ends up leaving, you should not, as an Oregon fan, I repeat, you should not feel any differently about him. You, you really should not, because we all loved him. Right? He, he stepped up in the absence of C.J. Verdell this year. He carried Oregon's offense 
through the 2021 season. He did everything that he could. The Washington game, outstanding. Every other time he was on the field. How about the UCLA game? Four touchdowns on four straight touches. Uh, I mean, the guy was just effective every way you slice it. He was good in uh, the the game against the Beavs as well. Uh, There's just so much to like with this guy. He did a lot of things. He always just, as a running back, he found a way. It wasn't always... You know, the way you envision great running backs looking on TV didn't pop off the screen, but you look up and he got 12 yards when a lot of running backs would have gotten six or seven. He, he was just that kind of guy. He found a way, stronger than he looks, faster than he looks. He can make really good cuts, but he's a top five running back statistically in program history. No, nothing is going to change that, you know, unless it's 20 years from now and a bunch of other great running backs have come through Eugene. He's a top five running back statistically in Oregon history, and he gave us four years of tough, gritty, explosive football. He gave that to us as Duck fans. He played hard. He loved the University of Oregon. He showed up every week, and he worked his butt off, and he played at a really high level. And if we got him back for a a fifth season, that is a major bonus for us. But he he doesn't quote-unquote owe us anything more as Duck fans. He gave us everything he had. If we get him for another one, that's awesome. I hope he comes back because he's a great player. I'd rather have him on my team than have to play against him. But you know what? He had an outstanding career and the fact that he might play one final season somewhere else when, as I talked about on yesterday's pod, it might be in his best interest to do so if Oregon is going to have this crowded running back room that could include C.J. Verdell, Byron Cardwell, and Sean Dollars. It might be in Travis Dye's long-term best interest to leave the University of Oregon and find a school where he could be the number one back and showcase his skills once again being the workhorse in an offense as he was this past season for the Oregon Ducks. But I'm not going to feel any differently about him if he ends up going somewhere else. I, I, I really am not because he, he gave a lot to the school. He was a joy to watch. He's a really good player. Everything I've heard about him, he's a great dude as well. He loved Oregon, played here for four seasons. I'm not going to feel any differently about him, and you as a Duck fan should not either. I'll get to where he might end up if he leaves Oregon, but first, this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite, the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Head to netsuite.com locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com locked. Okay, so the question that might be on a lot of Duck fans' mind, remember, I'm always doing the show for you, always thinking about you, the fan, where could he end up? Again, it's possible, not likely, but possible he comes back. I really don't think that is out of the realm of possibility. We'll just have to wait and see. I really think that he is a good college running back. His pro prospects might be a little limited because of his size. To me, he feels 
like a Pac-12 running back, and a really good one at that. As I have said, I am a Travis Dye fan through and through. But I don't think he's the sort of guy who would go to an SEC or a Big Ten school because they just play a style of football that tends to cater to to a bigger, more bruising running back. And again, not that Travis Dye couldn't be effective if he went to that conference or either of those conferences, but just stylistically from what I've seen, he doesn't feel like a great fit there. Big 12, I could definitely see it. ACC as well, but I'd be willing to bet that, and you know, my predictions have been all over the place recently, so what do I know, really? I'd be willing to bet that he ultimately stays in the Pac-12. And look, (laughs) the school that jumps out first is USC because they've got a new coach who is a brilliant offensive mind. His name's Lincoln Riley. You've probably heard his name once or twice if you follow college football. And what guy who wants to showcase his skills at any position, quarterback or running back or receiver, what guy wouldn't want to play under that coach when you're trying to put the best tape forward possible for the NFL draft? And Oklahoma, we, we always always think of the quarterbacks that Lincoln Riley sent to the NFL, right? A couple number one picks with Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, and he got Jalen Hurts drafted, who's now a starter in the NFL. He's not a very good starter, but he's a starter, at least. Got to the playoffs this season. So th- there's definitely some appeal there, but Oklahoma has sent some good running backs to the NFL as well. Kennedy Brooks will probably be taken by an NFL team. Ramondre Stevenson has been having a nice season in the mix as one of the Patriots guys. They have been successful because when you're in an offense that scores a lot of points, inevitably you're going to have a lot of highlights that make you look pretty darn good and allow you to showcase what you're able to do and what you could do for a team at the next level. So that's definitely an option. But let me throw out a, a, a sleeper here. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he ends up at Arizona. I I really don't. And Arizona has been getting some nice players recently, right? They beat out Oregon for T-Mac, the the high school wide receiver recruit. They got the Washington State quarterback, Jaden Delora, which I, I didn't see that coming at all. I mean, that was a really, really shocking move. They've quietly been putting together some pieces. I know they were a disaster this past season, but they played a number of close games. People seem to be buying into whatever Jed Fish, their head coach, formerly a Patriots guy, whatever he's selling down there. And I'm just saying that could be an opportunity where you go to a rebuilding program if you're Travis Dye. And as I've been talking about, you're looking for an opportunity to get the most number of carries and touches possible. And it's entirely, it is, it is a real possibility, I think, that he could go there and be the feature back in the offense, which is what he wants to do. It's what he's capable of doing. He'd be playing in a conference that, that he's familiar with, so he would know a lot of the defenses. And, and, and he's clearly just looking for a chance to be the top guy. So I think Arizona is possible. I, I don't know... I mean, obviously the Beavs would take him because 
Like they've had some nice running backs over the years, but Travis Dye would be as talented, if not more talented, than the guys they've had over the last couple of seasons. But they know how to run the ball really well. I mean, Jonathan Smith knows how to coach offense, and part of that has been the success of the running game. That kind of sets up everything that they do because they run a pro-style offense. So they want to be able to run the ball and set up the play action. That's a big, big part of, of what they do. They use their tight ends well. But they get their running backs a fair number of touches, and maybe he wants to go to a pro-style offense. But Arizona is also more of a pro-style. Cal could be another option, though. Uh, I think I think Brooks has got th- their running back. I think he's got one more year. Um, let, let me actually double double check that real quick uh, because he he's he's a pretty good running back. But no, Cal Cal running back uh, Chris Trevor Brooks trans or he transferred to BYU. Oh. I didn't even know that until just now. How about that? So that's a possibility as well. I, I think those would be the the three or four teams that are most likely. I, I I don't know if USC is all that likely. It's possible, but I, I'm going to say my top three schools that Travis Dye could go to, I'm going to put Arizona 1, Oregon State 2, and Cal number 3. Those would be my top three. If any of those hit, you all owe me an ice cream. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, wrapping up the show today with uh, something that will excite you about our coaching staff. These guys understand recruiting, and recruiting is a grind. It's hard. It's why a lot of NFL coaches stay in the NFL and don't want to go to college because they don't want to recruit and and do what it takes to get guys to come to your school that that are high level national championship style players. And I I am already loving Dan Lanning. So. I heard this report that Dan Lanning walking out of the tunnel of the national championship game was on FaceTime with, quote, a person who can enhance our program. I've also heard, though I'm not a journalist, I just, you know, kind of follow these things on the internet and such, that it was Jaleel Florence. And Jaleel Florence is basically the highest priority recruit that Oregon has right now. How high of a priority? Let me tell you. When the recruiting season officially opened for visits, Oregon coaches were in California at the home of Jaleel Florence at midnight when it opened. There were a group of Oregon coaches there. Florence came in Twitter spaces and was talking about it and said that uh, you know, Oregon's always been his dream school, by the way, and that he, he likes the new staff and loves Dan Lanning and what he saw from Georgia in the national championship game and their season writ large, and that he was just so caught off guard and his dad had to come and, and you know, kind of wake him up because he was starting to go to bed, said, yo, the Oregon coaches are down here. And I, I think that commitment to the recruiting grind is awesome. And, and the fact that Dan Lanning was you know, already in the mindset of I'm the Oregon football coach before he even hit the locker room. He was in the tunnel on the phone. I I just love that. Figured all of you would as well. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.